0: Hi there. Welcome to Ask Away. This is a podcast for kids where we tell Bible stories and we want to know what kids wonder about the Bible. My name is Meredith, and I am here with my own kiddos. I'm here with Riley. Hi. How old are you? Nine and a half. And I'm here with Peyton. Hi. How old are you? Seven. Together, we explore a Bible story. Riley and Peyton jump in along the way. They ask things that they wonder about. They make observations about what they notice and we talk about some great questions kid listeners just like you sent in at the very end of our show. When the show's all done, we hope you'll join in. We want you to send your questions in or the things that you notice or think are weird. You can record what you want to say as a message to us on Instagram. You can email it to us at askawaypodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a message on Voxer where there is Ask Away Podcast. Be sure when you send your question, you tell us your first name and how old you are. The is pretty amazing because it helps us know who God is, but also the Bible can be confusing and kind of different from how things are now. And we want you to know that when it comes to God, when it comes to the Bible, every question is okay and you can ask away. Welcome. We are so glad you are listening along today. We started last episode talking about the story of how God's family began. And it began with God giving Abraham a promise. Riley, do you remember what that promise was?
1: He'd have a family of like two thousand kids.
0: As many as the stars in the sky, huh?
1: Yeah, which is two thousand if you can if you can count them all just without a telescope.
0: And it took a long time. But God kept God's promise, like God always does. And Abraham and Sarah had a baby. His name was Isaac. Baby Isaac was how God's big family would carry on at this very beginning time. Now, when Isaac grew up, Abraham, at that point, was super old. And he really wanted Isaac to be married. Then Isaac could have kids and the family could grow. And so one day Abraham said to his oldest servant, swear by Yahweh God of heaven and earth that you won't let my son marry one of these local Canaanite women. Side note, the Canaanites don't worship Yahweh God. They worship other no gods. And then Abraham said, instead, go back to my homeland. Find a wife there for my son Isaac. Well, the servant asked, what if I can't? What if I find a woman, but she doesn't want to come live here? If I have that happen, should I then maybe take Isaac with me and we'll go live there with your relatives back in your homeland? No, Abraham said, be careful never to take Isaac there for Yahweh, God of heaven, took me from my father's house and took me from my homeland and promised to give this land to my descendants. Yahweh will send an angel ahead of you and they will see that you find a wife there for my son, Isaac." Now, if she's not willing to come back with you, you are free from the promise. But don't take Isaac to my homeland. And so the servant made the promise and loaded up Abraham's camels with all kinds of expensive gifts and made the journey back to Abraham's homeland, to the place where Abraham first met Yahweh God when Yahweh asked him to follow. The servant got back to the town where Abraham's brother lived and had the camels kneel down by a well just outside of town. It was evening, and the women in the town were coming out to draw water from the well. And then the servant prayed a prayer.
1: O Lord God of my master, Abraham, he prayed, please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master, Abraham. See, I am standing here beside this spring, and the young women of town are coming to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says yes, have a drink, and I will water your camels too. Let her be the one you have selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master.
0: So he prays for God to show who this person is. Now that's a really interesting kind of prayer, I think. Yeah. I notice that is a really specific prayer.
1: I notice it's not really for lots of people. It's like just for his master.
0: Yeah, like just one thing for one person. Well, before he had even finished praying... He saw a young woman named Rebecca. She was coming out with her water jug on her shoulder and went down to the spring. She filled up her jug and came up again. The servant ran over to her and said, "'Please give me a little drink of water from your jug.' "'Yes,' she answered. "'Have a drink.' And she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and gave the servant a drink. And then after she gave him a drink, she said, "'I'll draw water for your camels too until they've had enough to drink.' And so she quickly emptied her jug into the watering trough and ran back to the well to get water for all the camels. And now, before we carry on with what happens next, it is time for a pop quiz.
1: Pop quiz. Camels store what in their humps? A, water. B, food. Or C, fat. Ding, 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 fat. Hear the true or false. True or false. Camel milk is one of the most healthiest milk ever. Tick, 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 ding, ding, ding. It's true.
0: I had no idea. I have never had camel milk, although I have seen a real camel. When I had the chance to go to Israel-Palestine on a trip, they are very cool up close and very tall. Well, now that you have tried your hand at our pop quiz, it's back to the story. The servant watched all of this happening, and he was wondering whether Yahweh God had answered his prayer. And so the camels finish their drink, and the servant takes some of the expensive jewelry he had packed special on those camels and says, who are you? Whose daughter are you? Tell me, would your father have any room for us to stay tonight? She says, I'm the daughter of Bethuel. And yeah, we have plenty of straw. We have food for the camels. We have room for guests. The servant bowed low and worshiped Yahweh God. He said, praise Yahweh, the God of my master, Abraham. Yahweh has shown unfailing love and faithfulness to my master. For he's led me straight to my master's relatives. Do you know what faithfulness means? Or do you have a guess?
1: I know what it means, but it's hard to explain.
0: Mm. If you are faithful, do you stick with things? Or do you quit when things can't be done? Stick with things. Yeah. Faithful is like sticking with something. And so this servant is noticing that God has been faithful. God has kept their promise to Abraham about the family growing because the next step for Isaac was someone to marry. So the woman, she goes home to her family, and she tells them everything that happened while she was at the well. And then the servant and the camels all come over, and the servant tells them everything that happened from his side of the story. He tells them about the prayer that he prayed and how Rebecca showed up before the prayer was even done. So then the servant asks the family if Rebecca would be Isaac's wife now here's something that's pretty different when you would like to marry somebody now how do you think that question gets asked how do you think two people who want to get married now solve deciding getting married
1: I know that daddy asked you
0: that is true in this case daddy asked me when
1: he took you to a musical called wicked
0: that is true see now when two people want to get married they decide together And one person will ask the other person, and they decide, we're getting married. But back then, they would talk to the parents, especially the dad of the girl, about her getting married. She didn't really have the same amount of power or voice in the decision. And so the servant asks if Rebecca can marry Isaac, and the family says yes. The next day, the servant is ready to make the trip back. But her family wasn't so sure about them going so quickly. And so they said, we'll call Rebecca. We'll ask what she thinks. And I think that's kind of interesting because at that time, they didn't always think to ask the girls what they thought. Kind of silly, you know, with girls having brains in their heads and all. But they called Rebecca and they asked if she was okay to head on back. And she said yes. And so the family said goodbye and Rebecca went with Abraham's servant. And the last thing that happened is her family blessed her. This is what they said. They said, our sister, may you become the mother of many millions. May your descendants be strong. And so Rebecca married Isaac and God's family continued on. God promised Abraham and Sarah a baby. God kept the promise in Isaac. And then God helped the servant and answered his prayer. And Isaac married Rebecca. Before we go, Riley and Peyton, do you have any other things that you noticed or that you wonder about?
1: No, but they have a tr- another true or false on camels. Let's hear it. True or false. Camels have very strong, thick lips that help them bite through thorny foods like cacti fruit.
0: Strong lips. My lips are not strong. I cannot bite through thorny things. Peyton, what's your guess? Mm. Peyton guesses true.
1: It's true. They have thick lips that let them bite through thorny things like cactus fruit.
0: Well, that is very cool. Our kid listener question today comes from Amos, who's nine in Kansas City. He asked, I was wondering, why are God's messages coded in the Bible? For example, we just studied Daniel and the mysterious handwriting on the wall. Why is that? Why doesn't God just share his messages more clearly? And here's Amos asking that same question, but in his own words. Hi, Meredith.
1: I was wondering, why are God's messages coded in the Bible? For example, we just studied Daniel and the mysterious handwriting on the wall. Why is that? Why doesn't God just share his messages more clearly?
0: This is an amazing question. And I think that there are probably a lot of reasons, some of which I might know and others I probably don't know. One thing that is true about God is God is mysterious and also God is knowable because God chooses to make Himself known to us, especially in Jesus. So those two things are true at the same time, God being mysterious and God being knowable. And then in the middle of that, here's God using messages in mysterious ways. Now, the story you gave as an example, Amos, is from Daniel chapter five in the Old Testament. If people don't know it, here is the shortest version I can give. Get ready. God's people had been exiled or removed from their land and taken to Babylon. Not every single person, mind you, but the important ones, for sure, including Daniel. Remember him? Lion's Den. Rawr! So, the king had a party and uses cups from Yahweh God's temple to celebrate at that party and... At that party they celebrate, not God. They are worshipping the so-called gods of silver, gold, bronze, iron, wood, and stone with these special cups from Yahweh God's temple. Kind of like, cheers, hooray to the gods of rock. God, the true God, comes as a hand, writes words on the wall that are a warning to the king. Everyone freaks out, but Daniel helps them know the meaning. You know, like back when the other king had a dream and everyone freaked out, but Daniel helped them know the meaning. So... That story is a great example of what you're talking about. (gasps) God often adjusts how they interact with people based on the time and place and culture of those people. Who God is doesn't change. What God is like doesn't change. But how God shows up or speaks does change. Our culture now really loves things clear and straightforward. Other cultures love things that are poetic and artful. So the culture in the Bible values experiences, symbols, and telling the stories of things that happened. Think about how most people then did not read or write, for instance. So I think at least part of why God shows up with mysteries in the messages is to have it be an experience that is memorable A story that people can tell about what God did or what God was like. In this case, this is a story that shows how God was, to use Daniel's own words, the most high God. Not gods of gold or silver or stone, but Yahweh God of Israel. Even in Babylon, where it seems like the king of Babylon would be most high. There's another time that God was mysterious at Pentecost with the group who had followed Jesus after Jesus was alive and back in heaven. God came and looked like fire, which would remind people of the exodus when God came and looked like fire. That would have people thinking, hey, this reminds us of that. This story we are experiencing reminds us of that story our people experienced then. And back then, God was leading us and making us a new people. Hmm, I wonder if now, with Jesus alive and in heaven, God is leading us again, making us a new people again. And that is what the early church came to believe. So since experiences, symbols, and stories were so important in that time and place, I think God came in ways that fit and matched their culture. I bet there's probably more reasons God does that, but those are some of the big ones that stand out to me. Thank you, Amos, for offering such an amazing question. And if any of you want to know more about the story that Amos recommended as an example, you can find it in Daniel 5. Hey, thanks so much for listening along today. Now it is your turn. If you have a question about this Bible story, any other Bible story, or just about God, you can send it to the show. You can record it as a direct message on Instagram. I'm there as Meredith Ann Miller. You can record it and email it to us at askawaypodcast at gmail.com. Or you can record us a Voxer message. We're there as Ask Away Podcast. Grownups, we can also connect on Instagram. Again, it's Meredith Ann Miller. And I also have a link there to a newsletter that I send out talking about kids and faith. We're so glad you listened and we'll catch you next time.
1: Bye.